0: Hey guys, welcome to The Noble Broker. I'm your host, Jonathan Lickstein. Here on The Noble Broker, we go into the minds of professionals and producers in the real estate industry and show you what you don't see on social media, what's behind the curtain, what some of them don't ever want you to know, but we talk about life. We talk about the business and we talk about stories, right? Everyone wants to hear a good story. So I'm going to start it off this way. I have a drink in front of me. Our listeners already know I'm a tequila guy, so it's a tequila soda lime in front of me. What's in front of you? What's your drink of choice, Robbie Auerbach?
1: I am doing Tito's Seltzer and Lime.
0: Tito's Seltzer and Lime. Well, cheers to that. Cheers. Salute. And so you know who we're talking to. I'm here with Robbie Auerbach, team leader of the bar group based in in Fort Lauderdale, Broward County. Uh, You guys mostly work. What area? What is your specialty of your team?
1: So we actually handle the tri-county area uh, with the exception of North Palm Beach. Um, so anything from um, mid Palm Beach down to um, uh, South Miami, we're your people.
0: Okay. You guys have a really wide spread. We do. So it's, it's a bit of an interesting thing whenever I hear that from an agent. Um, someone else I interviewed uh, on this podcast uh, talked about he'll go wherever the deal is. If it takes him a couple hours to drive anywhere in the state of Florida, he'll go and do that deal. So what made you decide on your farming area and how do you cover all of that being a team that's kind of centralized?
1: Right. So we actually have agents in those areas. Um, I think that the best service you can provide to a client is to know your neighborhoods, to know your marketplace. So um, that's actually how we feed our leads is based upon uh, the location of the agent, the experience of the agent, and the needs of the client. We have eight team members right now, so between uh, the nine of us, we get it done.
0: That's a real personal appeal, uh, very local. The customer is dealing with an agent who lives down the street, knows the neighborhood inside and out, and can help them navigate kind of the the pros and cons, mostly pros, of of why that area is desirable, right?
1: Exactly. Let's go
0: back a little bit. What made you get into real estate? Everybody's got a story. I know mine, and I'll be happy to share that with you, but... I wanna know your story. There's an event, a person, something that happened that brought you into this business and made you lead down the path to get to where you are today.
1: So I, I spent, in my previous life, I was in uh, corporate marketing and advertising. Um, so I was coming from a background of, you say what you're gonna do, you do it, and then you let everyone know it, it's done. You return calls, you don't play games, you're honest and, and professional. And um, In purchasing my current home and our previous home, um, just seeing the actions of the agents on the other side, um, I just felt that we could do it better. Um, That I could keep it professional and elevate the profession, if you will.
0: Hold yourself to a higher standard that you believe the professionals that you were working with before should have been holding themselves to.
1: Absolutely. And in retrospect, there were some definite ethical violations that were going on. Um, And that's something that we discuss on a regular basis with the team. Um, You know, is is what has happened, what transpired that week, um, did they run into an issue, and how to avoid those issues, and how to conduct themselves appropriately and professionally.
0: So being in the industry, having done transactions mentoring other people through transactions, both of us actually, Mm -hmm. um, we see some pretty crazy, sketchy stuff. So it had to be something very drastic that made you kind of jump over and say, well, this isn't right. You know, people deserve to work with someone who's gonna do this correctly. And represent them professionally, give them this proper experience. So can you recall one or two of circumstances you've come across that just made your jaw drop and you couldn't believe that somebody was doing this?
1: As far as coming into the profession? Even or during,
0: a- during the profession. It's okay. It oh can boy. be from anywhere. Where do
1: I start with I, that? Um, I hear
0: you. Let me pull out my book. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: there, There's quite a bit, actually. Um, I have a list on my phone of agents I won't or would prefer not to work with. Um, I've seen everything from um, agents... Um, Hiding material information about the property that we later found out that they were aware of, agents playing um, backup offers against um, current offers in a, in a in an unprofessional way, if you will, an unethical way. Agents going behind your back, um, agents uh, going directly to sellers. I had an agent one time. Um, my sellers, we were under contract. They did not want to accept the backup offer that came in, um, and. Uh, that agent didn't like that answer. Knocked on the door of my sellers and said, "Your agent didn't present this to you, but you're supposed to sign this." Um, so I've seen I've seen quite a bit of, yeah, exactly by wow. your face, yes.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah. That took guts.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, and she was reprimanded for it. Uh, my my clients were very upset, and um, and so was I. So uh, we see things on a daily basis, uh, just at our rock and roll, um, rock the market. The rock market, yeah. Uh, you know, what did the, the introduction was, we did what, five billion in, in business, and could you imagine what would have happened if we all picked up our phones and returned phone calls? Uh, just basics, you know, the basics of, of being a professional um, is, is where I think that I bring my team in and that's where we work from, is, is doing the basics, getting down to work, keeping it professional. Keep, keeping our clients first. But we've seen everything.
0: Oh, for sure. I had, I had one story come up today, actually, where we're in a dispute on commission, so I can't give you any super details, because it's a ongoing investigation, right?
1: Is this mine, by the way? That's another story. Yes. This one's not yours. Okay. No,
0: we do have one of those, too, but no. <laughs> there, there, here's another one. Um, different circumstances, same problem, right? Uh-huh. You get into an issue, and, and some people that are unprofessional go around, sneak around, right. for greed, and right. put more money in their pocket. So we have one, um, a customer, one of our agents showed a listing that was on the MLS, showed it to the customer, wrote an offer, sent it in. Mm -hmm. The listing agent called back and said, hey, that was a mistake. It wasn't supposed to be on the market yet. Okay. We'll retract our offer. We'll hold on to it. When's it coming on the market? Oh, it should be about a week. Okay. We'll wait. Lo and behold, listing agent reaches out to the buyer on that offer.
1: Wow. Property
0: never made it back onto the MLS until afterwards ended up writing a contract with the buyer and closing on the transaction wow. and cut the agent out. So here you go, here's the dispute, and out of pure greed, which they're gonna end up having to pay in the end, right. it doesn't pay to skirt the rules, to go around and and just kind of operate in your own best interest. Right. We're in an industry where we're serving other people, and they probably did a disservice to their customer because they could have gotten more money
1: Absolutely. directly going
0: through the seller and doing it appropriately. So short sightedness is what I'll say.
1: Absolutely, uh, there is a cooperation where you are supposed to cooperate with each other. One hundred percent. And during COVID, we saw some of that too, where where you couldn't get into a listing, and then an open house would come up for two hours, random middle of you know the week, Wednesday, four to six, and um, and then all of a sudden uh, you can't get a hold of the agents anymore. You can't get your offers in, and um, miraculously that team or that agent got both sides of the transaction.
0: It just happened that way, what a coincidence.
1: Yeah, we saw quite a bit of that during COVID.
0: Yeah, it, it, anytime you go through a market event or a life event in the world, especially as widespread as, as right. you know, COVID has been for the world, um, it, it will change the way things are done. And it certainly has changed the outlook on the industry. Right. You know, you think about how many agents came into the industry during COVID and, and still are coming in. They're still coming in in record numbers. Right, right. So this and they're many, leaving,
1: I believe, in record numbers as well.
0: I would agree with that. There yeah. definitely are. I mean, when you look at the attrition rate in the real estate industry itself, the bar to get a real estate license in Florida is so low that it's very easy That's to get That's why we
1: raise the bar in real estate. That's oh, our tagline. I love it. That's our tagline.
0: Right. Here we go. We have a plug. The bar group raising the bar <laughs> in real estate. You heard it here. Uh, I love that. So, so many people coming in, you have to assume that all of these newbies are going to create some type of havoc. Right. Do you have any new agents on your team?
1: We do, yeah.
0: How do you resolve that issue of new agents coming in and, and not having that element of professionalism and experience that you already know and have?
1: Well, first of all, I, I don't bring on an agent that doesn't have some solid foundation. As far as um, professionalism and servicing, it's, it's just an education. It's a constant constantly going over what needs to be done, how to do things. Uh, we do trainings. Today we had a team meeting um, and uh, Nicole from the closing team joins us and went over what title does and when, how there are hiccups and how to handle it. So it's just education and continually reminding our agents that we're here to serve the clients ultimately. And if you keep that in mind and you keep your focus and you keep educated, and on top of new contracts, new laws, uh, new processes, you're going to be successful.
0: And that, that stuff's changing all the time.
1: All the time. That's why we have uh, regular meetings to go over all that. We also use locations educational services as well. And we reach out to, um, to our, our partners, our business partners, to educate us when it falls outside of our field. When there's changes in the mortgage industry, in the title industry, wherever there are changes, we're going to go out and find out the most recent regulations, updates, how to work around things, how to get things done. My goal as a team leader is what value can I bring to the team? Um, above and beyond just being there and, and, and mentoring and guiding. But what can we bring in? What value can we bring in to add to the team, to elevate the team, and to educate the team?
0: Yeah, you mentioned something in there. You had the title company you work with come into your team meeting. Right. And. Members of the public, consumers, many of our listeners will think a real estate agent sells houses. They show homes, right. they write up a contract, and they collect a check. And we know that not to be true.
1: Oh, it would be amazing if that were true. <laughs> but yeah, Wish it was that easy, yes. right? Yes.
0: But it, there's so many more things that you have to do. You have to be an expert in home construction. You have right. to be an expert in mortgages, in title processes, legal documents, Absolutely. writing contracts, and even be a fortune teller. You have to anticipate things that are coming 30, 45 days down the road right. uh, the day you're writing the contract or the day you're walking through the home. So something you did you did mention in there was partners. Mm-hmm. So working with trusted people that will help you accomplish that and not have to have your foot in every single basket, right? but rather have people that you trust, you know, know, like, and trust, right? That right. you can exactly. go to, Exactly. you wanna be the person that your consumers know, like, and trust, right. but you need those partners that your agents will will have that confidence in and therefore will have the interest of your consumers in mind as well.
1: Exactly. Part of the discussion today was why do you need a title company that has experience, um, is watching out for you? Because when things fall apart, the the deal's done, you're done, so you need trusted partners that you can turn a file over to and work with them and know that if something pops up, they're going to have your back Um, and vice versa. It is a team effort. Uh, it is not the agent out there. It's the agent, the lender, the title company. It, it is the other agent on the other side too. There is something to be said for establishing a relationship there and becoming, we're transactional agents. We are there to, to close the transaction and push the transaction forward. And, um, and I think that some agents forget that. They, they, they look at it as an adversarial relationship when really it's a cooperating, cooperating relationship.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, absolutely, there's rarely a deal that you write the contract and nothing happens along the way and you just show up at closing.
1: I could count on one hand when, when that has happened. Yeah,
0: there's always something that comes up, whether the buyer or the seller know about it. A lot of times it's resolved behind closed doors right. and it's just taken care of. Right. They don't know what goes into every single step.
1: Absolutely, they think we show pretty houses all day.
0: Yeah, it's it is what it what you see on HGTV, right?
1: Sure, three homes and done. <laughs> 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 Maybe during COVID. But
0: um... my favorite, my favorite is a million dollar listing. Yeah. Oh gosh. Where they sit, literally sit in a physical office and walk between rooms to negotiate contracts. Yeah. I don't think I've ever, even at closing, seen very many buyers and sellers in the same room, let alone the same building.
1: Right. 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 Well, and, and I, I'm pretty sure that there's some ethical violations that go on as well.
0: <laughs> so, House Hunters, Million Dollar Listing, or Flip This House, which is your favorite show to watch?
1: Honestly, House Hunters, uh, because it's it's more akin to what we're dealing with on a daily basis, um, and and just just down to the simple things where a client walks in and they're distracted by the paint on the wall, and and that's that's really what we deal with on a daily basis is is that. We're not talking about forty-five million-dollar homes here. Right. That's just a different level. So, so it'd be I'm, nice. It'd be nice. Um, <laughs> but um, but it, it's it it has I think it's more reflective of on a very superficial level of what we deal with on a daily basis.
0: For sure. I'm gonna put you on the spot. You don't know this question's coming.
1: Oh, great. <laughs> so you've been in the
0: industry for just shy of ten years now. Yes. You've seen a thing or two. Yes. You've learned a thing or two across the way. Yes what is something that you could tell yourself now that you wish you knew when you first got into the industry?
1: Well, first of all, you get out of real estate, real estate school and you know nothing. You, you have no idea how to get a transaction started, closed, show property, doesn't teach you anything. So that would be the first thing, is, is really um, is teaching the basics uh, and, and figuring that out sooner than later. That would really be it because that's 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 what we, I think our most of our real estate schools are missing is that real life experience and that how do you start here and get to, you know, how do you start at A and get to Z?
0: The pragmatic application right, of right. what you learn in school.
1: I, I know a hip and a gable roof, but I have an inspector for that. And the reality is I need to know how to fill out a listing agreement, uh, a buyer's uh, a purchase agreement, an as-is contract. What's the difference between an as-is and a regular? Those things are just... They're they're gla- it's it's glazed over a little completely. bit. completely. It's not
0: even mentioned. Right. If I it's I'm a licensed instructor, it's not in the text. What
1: hat at all. don't you wear, Jonathan?
0: I wear quite a few. I prefer <laughs> fitted hats, seven and a quarter. If you're asking. Um, <laughs> no, it's there is nothing that is really taught in there except for how do you keep your license? Right and the biggest risk, which is escrow. Escrow right. is the number one reason that people get in trouble. Right. And that goes back to unethical stuff, uh, running across agents. People, if you're listening, don't ever give an agent money personally.
1: Right, right.
0: Ever. Right. I came across an agent receiving escrow deposits by Venmo.
1: Wow. For
0: sale transactions.
1: Wow, what a liability to take on.
0: Yeah, it's, a luckily, be Beyond. It, fortunately it wasn't my agent. Right. It was another company. Um, and we quickly rectified that, but that's the kind of stuff that you go across. And escrow is the single most focused on item in that pre-license course because it is the highest danger. Right. You're dealing with somebody else's money. Right. Somebody else's money. And another circumstance I came across: a buyer wrote a seventeen thousand dollar check to the agent personally. Wow. Guess what happened to that seventeen thousand? It's not really? in the right place. Wow. Yeah, uh, this is going back in time. But how
1: do you sleep at night? How do you sleep at night?
0: I sleep very well. Thank no, you. No, but you know, what? <laughs> how could you? I, I
1: mean, this is someone's largest purchase, and um, and for most people, they've been saving up for quite a bit, quite a bit of time to, to get uh, the escrow deposit down, the down payment. Um, I we walk through our clients. We we walk through the process of buying a. A property and explain escrow explain the ways that you can get escrow back the ways that you can lose escrow um, I couldn't imagine actually taking someone's escrow and pocketing it that's just beyond
0: yeah and obviously there were criminal and so oh I would hope so that. I would hope so yeah and it's, it, it definitely went up the chain and we were part of that but it, it's still happening right you hear it once there's probably ten more circumstances if we're lucky right behind that that you never hear about and all these indiscretions that you hear about from agents that just are looking out for one person and it's not the customer.
1: Again, the client is who we work for the client. We are client centric, if you will. And, and that's the one thing you have to keep in mind. I Listen, I, I, I'm sure I'm guilty of this myself. And I know that uh, I take the calls from my team and from colleagues where we're sounding boards for each other. But at the end of the conversation, it's always whatever has transpired is transpired. We're here to service the client, we've advised them, we need to follow their direction. We need to guide them, and if they wanna go this way, that's fine, but we need to advise them of, of their options. And I, I just really could not um, imagine where I would be and where the team would be right now if we didn't have that focus on the client.
0: I appreciate that. We need more people like you in this industry. Need to weed out those bad those bad apples. I'm
1: hoping this market shift will shake shake out the apples a little bit, shake the trees a little bit.
0: Well, you brought it up, so we're going to talk about the market for a minute. <laughs> we're in, in, why 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 not? <laughs> I've been talking about it all day.
1: Yeah. We're
0: in an interesting market right now, mm-hmm. and again, as we both mentioned, there's a lot of people coming into the industry, and like always, there's a lot of attrition. So right. there's been a lot of people coming in. There's going to be a lot of people leaving, and you see kind of the ebb and flow of prices going up and transaction volume going up, and then prices dropping and transaction count dropping. And that's when people typically leave the industry, when they figure out it's not like House Hunters, a million dollar listing, et cetera. Can't show up and make a $100,000 commission in a day. Um, It takes a little bit more than that, at least a day and a half. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, jokes. A good solid two weeks, honestly. (laughs) And that's just to get into the contract, and then you're going on from there. But I want to ask you, what, what is your opinion? Where, where are we now? What are you excited about? And what are you fearful about in the marketplace and what's coming ahead?
1: I, I ultimately believe the next few months are going to be a little difficult, uh, rough roads uh, ahead. Um, but we're reaching out to our buyers, we're explaining what's happening in the market. I think at the end of a six to nine month period, we're going to end up with a more balanced market. Um, right now, it, it very quickly shifted from a seller's market to a buyer's market. In all honesty, and I don't think I've ever seen that shift that quickly before, um, except for maybe, you know, the crash. Um, uh, what, what was it, 2005, 2006?
0: Approximately. I mean, there, it went over a couple of years, but right when you had that big explosion, right, the, the bottom fell out. But not it in dropped. a
1: couple of months. It was just insane. But I, I believe that. Um, well, first of all, we're we're dealing with the. The, in, the increased interest rates, we're, we're getting creative, our lenders are getting creative with us, uh, buy-down programs. Great right idea. Um, offering on our listings um, for the sellers who will offer that. And and then having those discussions with the buyers that you do the buy-down program in a couple of years, you refinance, um, and, and most of our lenders are telling us in a, in a year to two years, we're going to be somewhere in the, the four ranges, if you will. When I bought my house, I was, I think, 7.5%. Oof. So, oof. <laughs> I you know. I know. I, know I to, say that. Yeah, but but we're 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 really almost there now. I mean, we're we're very close to it. And and back then, we thought we were getting a great rate. We just got spoiled, and and spoiled for too long, um, which was fantastic for for the agents that were active and out there working. Um, but but it had to shift. It had to shift. Um, I sellers were getting away with a a lot. They a really lot. were, and buyers were taking on more than I think that they should or that they could handle. So I'm looking forward to a more balanced market.
0: What you mentioned is it's a realistic outlook. I mean, we're in a tough market right now where it's difficult to find transactions right. for buyers especially and sellers if they're looking to move. And you have people that aren't looking to sell in order to buy the other home, right. but they're moving away or they're downsizing. You know, there's different aspects where it's become a bit of a difficult proposition for a seller. And there are companies coming out of nowhere to try and solve that problem, mm-hmm. to be the intermediary, like somewhat of a, a technology-based bridge loan mm-hmm. or uh, a lease-to-own kind of program. Right. Have you guys uh, tried any of these programs, any of these alternative solutions to try and solve something?
1: We have not had to go to a bridge loan or uh, a lease-to-own. Um, the lenders that we're working with are offering other options, and including the buy-down. Mm-hmm. Um, but all options are on the table. Whatever's gonna work for the client, is what we're going to grab onto and and get them to the closing table. I really like the buy down option. I think it's interesting. I mean, what's interesting is that I don't have the, the you no know, the numbers off of my head, but it it you know some people think it's just basically a credit, but it's not just a credit to the buyer. What you're able to do is is the buyer is able to, to get that that the seller is going to get a higher price point, the buyer is going to get the the lower um, um, APR, if you will, and um, the, the lowest it, interest rate and but there's still a savings for both when you look at the charts tremendously I, mean, I agree right? with you. as opposed to just a seventy five hundred or ten thousand dollar credit to the, to the buyer so um, I think programs like that are interesting I think they're needed right now and and those are the ones that we're looking at right now but again whatever we need to do to get our clients to the closing table the, you know those are the programs that we're going to utilize
0: so I was at the bank two days ago I had to get a cashier's check. I have never, I haven't done a cashier's check in, I don't know, five, seven years, something like that. Who, who takes cashier's checks anymore? Anyways, uh, when you can do electronic transfers, right, credit cards, right. debit cards, whatever. So uh, I had to get a cashier's check and I was wearing my branded shirt. Obviously, I'm in real estate, right? And this banker, he had to be like four foot ten. Mm-hmm. So I looked over, I yeah, couldn't but find it, him. The I looked <laughs> So he walked up, he said, so what do you think's going on with the market? That's the first question out of everybody's mouth. Right. What's your go-to two-sentence elevator pitch? What's going on with the market? What do you think is going to happen?
1: Well, back again, I, I think that we're going to end up in a more balanced market in the next six months. I think it's going to be ups and downs for a bit. Um, look, we can get a listing under contract. You, the, the challenge right now for us, and this isn't exactly answering your question, but the challenge for us right now is convincing the sellers that we're not six nine 12 months ago anymore that the market has shifted Um, and it's convincing the buyers that now is still a good time to buy because the the prices are coming down Um, so you know i I think we're just going to head into a place where we were hopefully just before covid where a home would sit on market two three four months maybe you may go through a couple of contracts but it's just it's just a fairer place to to play, if you will. Um, yeah, it's,
0: it's rare that we see this type of balance market. It's always shifting, right. towards the buyer or towards the seller. Right. There's rarely, but it's this... the rate
1: of the shift that was the craziest thing. It's
0: true. It happened really, really quickly. It's almost like uh, Mom stopped short, held her arm out, to, you know, kind of. make Oh boy, a change, yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I'm
1: pretty sure I have permanent injuries from that. <laughs> but yeah, exactly.
0: So um I, I agree, and we'll be in this little beautiful utopia for some type of uh, for some time right. um, of where buyers and sellers are both willing to make transactions where there's not really a favor skewed to one side or right. the other right? right and I think it really just takes one thing and, and what the government is doing right now in increasing the rates is they're slowing inflation, which mm-hmm. absolutely has to happen but there is so much that is driven through the US economy from real estate transactions. Right that money going back into the government with everything that's been handed out in the past couple of years, uh, taxes and fees, et cetera, it, it just drives so much in our economy. They can only do this for so long. Right. And I think it takes one trigger. As what soon, do you think that trigger's going to be? I'm gonna tell you right okay. now. That's a great question. <laughs> so is as soon as the Fed rate goes the other direction, mm-hmm. even .01%, the concern that so many buyers and sellers have had sitting there and waiting to see what happens, right? Quote, unquote, what happens. Right. As soon as it goes the other direction, that element of concern will be gone, Right. and that's when we hit this utopia market. As rates are dropping, Right. you'll find more people that are open to buying down the rate. You'll find more sellers that are open to selling because they can find stuff with inventory at the highest rate we've seen in the past couple of years right, right now right like there's more options on the market right now than there have been cumulatively cumulatively over the last 18 months
1: jonathan i remember when you, so i get blind copied on on all of the searches i set up for my buyers right and i remember uh two and a half three years ago i would wake up and there would be maybe 20 30 emails, not even 30, maybe, maybe 50, Notifications of property changes, right. Yeah. COVID, it was, I mean, we were lucky to see a couple of emails come through and it was just such a shift and, and now I wake up and I have 50 or 60. Oh, it's higher. It's higher now than, than it was before. Um, just. A lot, a lot coming on market. A lot of price drops because either agents overpriced or sellers didn't, price you know, didn't allow them to price properly. Um, so I'm encouraged by it. I really am. Uh, I told my team, and I've done it myself. We reached out to all of our buyers that just said, "I'm done. I can't do this right now. I'm not going to overpay for a property. I'm not going to come in at fifty thousand dollars above asking to get this done. I'm not going to take a home that needs a new roof. I'm just not going to do it." And I said, reach out to your buyers, and inform them of what's going on. Inform them of what we see coming down the line. Get them back on their searches, and let's see if we can help them do something in the next three to six months. Call up your renters. I can't believe what's happening in the rental market. Where, what, what, where? I, I'm. We just, we're putting on a listing for forty five hundred dollars. Um, the mortgage on the property should probably be about three thousand. Cool. Um, but well that's not no they 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 paid at the top of the market but in in the real world it should have been around right. 3000 and um they're going to probably get it uh because people are looking at these interest rates saying I can't afford to buy and and really part of the process is to educate the renters that you may be in a better spot if you come in now work with some of the programs we have refinance in in a couple of years than you would be if you went into a rental right now and, and stayed there for the next year or two.
0: So th- this is gonna double down on the buy-down uh, kind of initiative or angle to go out of purchase, right. but with rental rates being so high in your marketplace down here, um, I believe South Florida ranked in the top three in the country in how expensive the rental market is, right? right? right. And how much it's elevated, but the buy-down becomes even more attractive. as Some will say that the market's down, which, I don't believe it is. It's we're seeing a correction from the overinflation right. that we had right. on prices, right? So you're getting a house at a lesser price than you would have last year.
1: Right.
0: You're using that extra money that you're you're changing in the sales price to now buy down your rate. Right. And you can always change that in the future if it keeps going down. Exactly. So many lenders are saying this quote right now, which I love: "Marry the house, date the rate."
1: Yes. Yes. I love that. That, that came up yesterday. Yeah, I like that. You know. That's what we actually did with our, our own personal home is we came in. I don't recall what the rate was, but we ended up refinancing twice, brought the rate down. It made sense. We were able to roll over or roll in the closing costs. And so those are the conversations that we're having with buyers right now. Take advantage because as soon as the rates start to drop. Competition. It's coming back. Mm-hmm. The, you know, So it's, it's take advantage now while you can.
0: I, I completely agree, and I'm I'm one of those buyers that's kind of sitting there waiting personally. Right. Uh, I'm looking to buy a house myself, and just I know a good realtor. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> that. I could take a referral. <laughs> um, so. By
1: the way, it took me probably five to six years of doing this to be able to, when someone mentioned real estate, to be able to say, "Here's my business card." Or really? well, I know a real- yeah. It it, it was it, now it's just secondhand to me, but before it was. Do I say anything? Do I not say anything? But that came naturally, because that is my natural reaction now when someone says that they're looking to purchase a home. Um, As a matter of fact, when we were doing the drive, our our team did the hurricane supply drive.
0: Right, thank you so You guys raised and collected so much stuff. We had to add extra vehicles to the convoy today. Thank
1: you, thank you. The team really came through. They did a great job. Um, I'm gonna get teary-eyed, because uh, actually uh, Leslie Calner Mm -hmm. just was over there, uh, brought over supplies to a personal client of hers, who we had sold their property over here, there, over I there. I saw
0: those pictures on social.
1: Yeah, and uh, and it's really disheartening. But um, but we had um, someone come up, and we ended up chatting with them, and she mentioned she was selling, she's about to get ready to sell her property in Boynton Beach, her mother's property, and five business cards came like this. <laughs> like, you need a realtor? So it was fantastic. You've trained them well. I try, I'm trying, I'm trying. Don't be shy. Yeah, absolutely. We're great agents. No
0: shame, no, no shame. Something that I have told new agents from the beginning is when you you are always marketing yourself. Right. When you walk into anywhere, I don't care if it's the grocery store, the bank, Dunkin Donuts or Starbucks, you should by the time you walk out of there, have the person in front of you, the person behind you, the cashier and one other person in that building know who you are, what you do and how to get right. a hold of you. Right. And that's building networking and how much did that cost
1: you? Right.
0: Nothing. Nothing.
1: It exactly. cost me, you know what? There, there are classes that um, throughout my career, um, certain entities would say you have to take this class. You have to take this class, and basically you just summarized these these eight hundred thousand dollar classes in that sentence. It just be be open.
0: Um, I'm gonna have to charge you for that guidance. Yeah, by the way. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on my on my account.
1: Um, but I, I think you have to you have to have that confidence and know that you are a great agent and that you can help someone that's standing there.
0: So. I- you have to... You... And
1: by the way, my family has gotten very used to walking. Like I get, I get caught up in a conversation and they are now, they know. They just, okay, we'll go wait for mom over there. So,
0: <laughs> they they you know, know the deal. If you're in a conversation, just kind of hang on the side.
1: They, they know because often if, if it's not someone I know and it just comes up and it comes up or if it's someone I know, most people want to hear what's happening in the market even if they're not looking to buy and sell.
0: What is the most, we're talking about kind of creative marketing right here. Right, walking in and not being afraid to talk right. to anybody, everybody, and just get your name out, get a business card out, and build relationships, right? That's the basis of networking. But to some, that would be crazy. Right, That is just like so outside their comfort zone and so crazy, they couldn't fathom walking in and just saying, hi guys, I'm over here, right? right? It
1: takes time, it takes time.
0: So what is the craziest marketing idea you've ever tried that did or didn't work, it doesn't matter? But what's the craziest thing that you've ever thought just, hey, that could work or tried it?
1: Well, we, so my background is in advertising and marketing, so nothing's really off limits unless it's illegal or unethical. Um, But we've done everything from wearing our shirts, um, going to dog parks. Some of the agents will go to the dog park with treats and a business card.
0: Great idea. Um,
1: You know, just things like that, nothing crazy, if you will, um, but more just, just thinking out of the box and and trying new things and seeing what works, um, you know. It's, it's and it's also being involved in the community, uh, because once you get involved in the community, people start to recognize you. They see you. Your name's attached to real estate, and you know when see so when you go into the coffee shop, you see oh that's the chamber member or that's the teacher at the school where I'm on the PTA, whatever that is. That that I think it's it's a marketing mix. Completely
0: well getting involved in your community. I mean, right. that's that's what a realtor is, right? We buy and sell homes, but really we, we get involved and into the community mm-hmm. and make an impact on the people that are there, whether right. it's selling their home that's been in their family for years and years and years, or they grew a family in there, whatever it might be, there's memories in every single home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the more ingrained you are with that community, the more you're going to be able to have that impact and give back to a certain extent.
1: Well, and give back without, e- without. Without expecting something in return, true, and that's where I think that genuine level of um, relationship is established.
0: Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Um, where where I was going with that is, you you talk about ingraining into a community, going to the dog park, giving out dog treats and exchanging business cards. Right. There's I love that idea as marketing, love it. In fact, I would probably double down and triple down even more through social media. But that that's me. Um, The concept behind that is no one will ever not work with that agent because they're a dog lover.
1: Right, right.
0: But you very well could work with somebody because of that common interest. Absolutely. So have you, what are your personal interests? What are things, your hobbies? Something that you could resonate and connect with a consumer without even talking about real estate, just your interest. You met someone through X, what was that interest?
1: So believe it or not, my husband and I just had this conversation last night because I, I, I work a lot. I do work a lot. Work hard, play hard. You know, we're, we're on vacation. I'll take a couple of hours, do what we you know, need to do, and let's go out and have a good time. Um, and we talked about taking on hobbies. Uh, really, I think for me, it's not about taking on a hobby. For me, um, I like to exercise. So I go to different places to exercise. And that's how I've met a lot of people and established relationships there. I volunteer a lot. So it's less hobbies and, and my space as as, as much as it, as it is just part of my routine. So um, that's where I've ended up meeting uh, quite a, you know, we I've always been involved in the, in the kids' schools, always. And that, that wasn't about real estate, that was well before real estate, right. that was about being involved in the kids' lives and, and supporting the schools that they went to. Um, but. When your email address is Realty by Robbie, and you're sending out the stuff, and you're on the emails, and you're that's your contact information, there, it, team mom, um, you know, uh, sports team mom uh, for years, you know, and not because I was looking to do anything there, it was because someone had to make sure the snacks were there, and and so it, okay. it honestly made some great friends out on the baseball fields and the football fields. Um, I am thrilled to be able to um, have my evenings I wouldn't say to myself because they, they definitely are geared towards um, family or or clients or friends but but to uh, to not be on the fields four and five times a week because I had well you have three yeah I'm your going little ones that. yeah
0: I'm going through that right now
1: that's every day you're on the fields
0: tonight is the only day in the in the week from Sunday to Monday
1: right that you're not on the field that
0: I'm not on the field and, and actually course, I'm supposed to be there but I skipped out I hope he's not listening to this
1: uh, would well, there have been more than one occasion <laughs> that 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 the, a few moms and I were doing the rain dance please rain please rain so that we don't have to go on the fields. But, but um, that
0: brought but th- that brought a whole nother element, right? So as as a broker, I'm non compete. I don't right. I don't advertise. But I'll tell you, anytime I've managed my kids' baseball teams, you right. better believe those email communications came from my real estate email. Absolutely. And the amount of business I have done simply by sending it from there, or just building relationships because of our kids or because exactly. of baseball. I never solicit anybody there, ever.
1: I will tell you, I think that if you come from a place of just looking for the relationship, looking for uh, to, to help, to offer value, rather than what can I get out of this relationship or will this help my career, um, I, I think you, you go down two different paths. When you come from a place of tr- truly and genuinely wanting to help or be involved versus I'm doing this and so that might. I think people feel that. I think they genuinely oh, they, they understand that. do. And and look, I I think that the facade is is not as as grand as you think it is, and people can see.
0: They can see right through it. Right you. through it. Yeah. If you introduce yourself and hand them a business card while you're sitting there at a baseball game, oh, watching your kids, you can't do that.
1: Well, so I can tell you even better. So this I, sounds like a story. I'm ready. This is a story. So I am at um, my child, my children's temple, and it was. Um, I think they were doing a Shabbat dinner, um, which they don't don't normally do for the young kids, but they were doing it, and uh, another agent from the broker, the, the brokerage I was with at the time, walked in had nothing to do with the temple had never been there before I guess he came under the guise of maybe I'll, I'll be a member with his tag on with business cards in hand and I it just it was so disingenuous so tacky that I thought it was so transparent and um, and I, and people see through that they I do. they do I don't even wear I, I mean I from when I first started I was told wear a name badge wear an a name badge I can't wear a name badge. Um,
0: I'm not either. I yeah. agree. No name badge. No,
1: natural conversation. I hear someone talking about real estate. I hear some that's a natural conversation. Someone asked me what I do, that's not, but to I don't know. There's just something about it, it's very fake.
0: Um, I've had a name badge once. Not not
1: not not to kill anyone or knock anyone that's that's wearing their name badges no, out but, there. But. but
0: there's a different way to do it. Right. You don't have to wear a name badge, okay? Right. Um, there's, there are certain companies that want you to do so. There's certain coaches that will tell you to right. wear a name badge. We're in a time in the world where it's, it's a little outdated. Right. And there's different ways to do it. I love seeing some of these creative t-shirts. Right. You know, this girl sells real estate. Yeah. I couldn't wear that. Um, uh, but, there, <laughs> but, but there's different ways to do it. We could get you a customer made <laughs> of this guy. This guy, this guy sells real estate. Um, but I love the shirts. Right. And for, for, for me, if I was to make a shirt, it wouldn't be all over anything. I like very clean, Right. but I'll tell you what I would put. I would put something on the top of the back Right. because you stand in line and the person standing behind you is 100%. staring at that. I, I barely have hair, let alone long hair. So, they so it gives can see them something that. to look at? They can see that, right? <laughs> it distracts them from right. the shiny bald spot Absolutely. in the top corner. <laughs> but it, it's a conversation piece. If someone right. is interested and they see it, they're going to ask you. Right. And right. the first question is, what's the market go- What's the doing? Everyone Where's wants go, to know right?
1: what's going on with the market. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's why we have these team meetings, is to inform people of what we think and ha- bringing in the partners who are telling us, the Fed has X amount of plan rate hikes. But if this, if A, B, and C happen, maybe that won't happen. So that we can have an intelligent conversation and answer those questions.
0: You now, if we go back six months, I could have told you we were gonna be in a, in a bad market right now.
1: I'm pretty sure we had that discussion, you and I. I think I'm, we did. I'm pretty sure we did. that this was not going to last. Every, almost every meeting for the last probably six months of what I call COVID world, um, I would end the meeting with, guys, we're, gonna, we're going to have to go back to work. And what I mean by that is going back to the basics. Um, we, our team did great during COVID. I know that there, are, there were buyer's agents that were not doing well. Um, our team didn't have that experience. We, we worked with our, our vendors. We worked with our lenders to get people under contract. Um, but there was that discussion that this is going to shift. You're not going to show your listings one time for three hours and get 20 offers. We're going to go back to work. Where you're going to do three, four open houses. You might go under three, four contracts before you get closed. We are going to have to go back to basics, and um, and we, we had that conversation very often. I I said enjoy it while it lasts.
0: That's very very true. Very, now, if very I only
1: true. had the winning lottery numbers too. So
0: yeah. I have to t- I have to ask you. There's there's a lot of stress going on in today's market with consumers, and people are reacting differently to different problems or different timelines that they may not have seen for the past couple years. That's got to be stressful, just yes or no? Yes. Okay, agreed. Um, Now, we're going to get a little personal.
1: Great. You also (laughs) have,
0: uh, your boys are gone. Is it one One, boy's gone? One boy's gone. So, with that stress, with the market stress, with typical everyday home stress, are you okay?
1: I'm great i'm great listen our team's doing well uh, my children are doing great um i, I love my I, we're, we're doing great we're I'm doing great. four
0: years from my oldest one leaving and i'm already yeah but sad. you just had one so you just <laughs>
1: reset the clock um i will tell you it is stressful having one gone um but interestingly enough what what i'm looking at property where he is to see if it makes sense up there to to purchase something that he can stay in for the the, the remainder of his um his his collegiate experience. So you taking
0: will. your real estate experience, yes. your knowledge, and applying it to something that you'll benefit, your kid your kid will benefit and in the long run could be a really solid investment.
1: Well it better be. <laughs> <laughs> well your goal is to not lose yeah, but you're, but, you're but talking
0: yes. college town, there's yeah. always a need, there's right. always a demand and if And greater
1: now after the hurricane came through and took out some buildings. So yeah.
0: History repeats itself. When demand is high, there is always a benefit financially investment wise to do so. Right. So if you had to name one person throughout your career, I'm I'm big on listening to audiobooks and podcasts. Right. If you give me a book to read, good luck. I'm not gonna open it. Right. But podcast or audiobook, I'll listen to because I can pull something away while I'm doing something else. So in your career, last ten years is one person that has been influential to you that you've taken something away from that our listeners should take a look at, listen to something like that.
1: I'm going to tell you two people. Uh, Double the the pleasure. But (laughs) but in all honesty, um, it was uh, my my first broker and my current broker. And so I don't know that people can listen. Well, I guess on the podcast they can listen to you. Um, But... um, I do listen to podcasts. There's a couple that I like. Um, but I would say that the most important lessons I learned um, and and perhaps um, the, some of the best advice came from um, my first broker. I don't know if I should say her name or not. You can give the shout-out. There's Ruth, no negative in giving the shout-out. Ruth a shout out. I believe that's how you pronounce Ruth, Ruth,
0: if you're listening or if somebody knows Ruth, please let her know. She did a great job. Robbie's a great agent.
1: Uh, thank you. Every, everyone knows Ruth, but... Um, and then, of course, Jonathan. We, we've had a couple of hiccups on, on some transactions here, and you've walked me through. We
0: have, yeah. and we're still fighting.
1: We, we are. That's another story, but we won't bring that up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Um, are you a singer yourself?
1: Absolutely not. But on one of my job interviews, this is a little bit of a story, um, the CEO of the company interviewed me. i had gone through a series of interviews and um, had asked me to sing and it was all about your willingness to sing not what you you know if you said right, no I'm not going to sing so. it it was it was a test and the only song that was going through my mind was one that I could not repeat the words to. It was, you know, I was listening to like Tupac or something coming down. <laughs> I
0: never pinned you for a Tupac person. Oh yeah. I I went through a phase of my life, same thing. T- Tupac phase. A man. What
1: do you mean phase? I still, still listen, still listen, to, listen it. to it.
0: But for a point, there was, that was everything that I listened to. It was yes. either Tupac or Ludacris or Eminem yes. at some point. Yes, right? and you
1: can't go back and sing that to the CEO of a major company. So um, He
0: might get a kick, He or she might oh, get a kid. He kick knows, out of
1: it. he knows the story. We're friends and he knows. I, I told him the song. (laughs) He's like, yeah, it's a good thing you didn't sing that in the interview.
0: (laughs) I love to hear you tell that story. And I bet that person is a very interesting individual.
1: He is. Yeah. Yeah. he is.
0: So, um, there is not less than three people that work in this office right now where we're sitting that Mm -hmm. I made sing in the interview. Same exact item. And the question I'm about to ask you is the same question I ask every single person that works for me. Right. If you got thrown up on stage, Maybe a better way to put this. If you got pushed up on stage, right. okay, we don't want to throw up on stage. If you got pushed up on stage, life or death situation, you have to sing a karaoke song. What would that song be?
1: I can't give you a specific, but I can tell you the, the band. Okay. It would probably be a, a Foo Fighters song or a Linkin Park song.
0: Okay. Yeah. That tells me a lot about you, Robbie. Yeah. I I like my
1: music a little hard when I'm working out, so. (laughs) I
0: I like it, but we're at karaoke. We're not working out here.
1: Well, but those are the only songs that I feel comfortable singing. I know all the words, so I don't have to look at the monitor too much. True story, true
0: (laughs) story. Which,
1: what's yours?
0: Mine? Oh, I've got a long list. But if I had to pick one, it'd be Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer.
1: Oh, excellent. Okay.
0: Either that or Dead or Alive. I just love to belt that out. That's one of the songs, and this has kind of helped me segue into the next thing is there's stressful days in real estate.
1: (laughs) Every day.
0: (laughs) Only days that end in Y. Yes,
1: exactly. There's
0: stressful days, there's stressful circumstances, there are certainly (laughs) confrontational phone calls. Mm -hmm. What is your go-to to just bring you back level? How do you unwind? This is something that will really benefit the people that are out there. What do you do to unwind from that adrenaline high of just either aggression or excitement that you get out right. in order to be level-headed with the next person you talk to, because you can't let that carry over.
1: Right, right. So,
0: what? How do you level yourself out?
1: Well, I'm still working on that. Honestly, that's that's an ongoing effort because I think there's different levels. You know, there, there's on a scale of one to ten, you know, one to six. I've been doing this long enough. I've been in the corporate world, and you just have to take a deep breath, disconnect for a moment um, maybe take a walk around the block, that seven to 10 level that I'm still working on because you can't get it out of you. But, um, but, but you have to, you have to shift and you have to change. You have to take a moment that I I take a moment. I'm not going to pick up the phone after something like that. I'm not going to make the call after something like that. If I have to go do a showing, I'll, I'll adjust. I'll, I'll let the folks in and I'll, step back for a minute and compose myself but yeah it, it happens but honestly when those calls happen um you know I'll, I'll say something like is this not a good time for you do we need to talk to, you know if, if if the other agent goes up i try to go down um so i try not to have those kind of phone calls or remind them that we're here to work together and this isn't about you and i this is about getting the transaction closed.
0: So instead of taking that difficult phone call, or not difficult, let's say, confrontational, right? you try and diffuse the situation, Correct. bring everybody back to a level head where you can actually make progress and and, and a solution in, in that conversation instead That's of the walking goal. away pissed off.
1: That's the goal. Sometimes you still walk away pissed off. I walk away pissed off a lot. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> you know, and, and having a bottle of Tito's in the house is not a bad Cheers thing. Cheers to that. It's Cheers not to a that. bad thing either, but... Um, but I, I think it's just understanding, um, having, this is just a life lesson, and empathy empathy for the person on the other line that can't control themselves or don't see the big picture.
0: So I think I can I can summarize this in a little bit of Robbie Auerbach. Be ethical. Be honest. Be professional. Right. Don't sweat the small things. And I actually
1: it. love those books, by the way. I do read those books.
0: Don't sweat the small things. Mm-hmm. Work and relate with people on a real, genuine level. Right. And you will be successful. Right. And that's noble.